It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends and players, happy Thanksgiving and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun, and I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Now, I know I have lots to be thankful for this week, and I'll start with our fabulous guest. He's one of golf's greatest players. In fact, his name is Mr. Gary Player. Yes, the Black Knight is with us on today's spectacular show, and I'm so excited he's with us. I just can't wait to get started. So, Mr. Player, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing 100%. I'm 85, feeling like 45, tons of energy, working hard, still going to the gym laughing a lot so couldn't be better thank you keith well i know you just had a birthday there on november 1st so happy belated birthday turning 85 and you've had such a tremendous life and this is a week for thanksgiving for gratitude for being grateful for things you have six children a beautiful wife 22 grandkids all of 167 tour wins what are you most thankful for this week i'm most thankful for my family which I've been blessed with. I've been with my wife for 70 years, which is extraordinary nowadays when so many young people are getting divorced so quickly, unfortunately. I'm also very grateful for my faith. I'm also very grateful for my health and my friends. And I'm also grateful for America. What America, this great country, what it's done for the world as a Samaritan, is quite amazing. It takes somebody from outside of America to realize how great this country is. When I hear people talk about this is a bad country, I want to lie down and cry. Yes, America has made faults like any other country, but think about this, Keith. Think about all the athletes that come to America and have made them rich, including me. How about athletes being paid $500 million, $100 million, $50 million? I mean, it's just, it's just to me, it's uh, out of this world. It just doesn't seem possible. You go to some other country, can you get a million-dollar contract? I don't know. Uh, I, I have my doubts. Maybe soccer, yes, that can happen uh, in other countries. But you just don't know. The average American has no idea how lucky they are to live in this country. And Winston Churchill, my great hero, when you think that September 11, we know how terrible that was. He had that every week for time and time and time again. And his courage that he installed in all the people, I mean, or instilled in all the people, was quite amazing what he did. Uh, he never, ever gave up. Never, ever gave up and kept positive. And this he said, I love this. He said, the youth of a nation are the trustees of posterity. And this is where the youth of this country are going to be the future. And I hope that they will appreciate the freedom that exists in this country and continue to work for that because freedom is something that American soldiers at Normandy, my brother from South Africa at 70, joined the American forces to fight in the war for freedom. It was not a gift. And we must remember that. And these young men 
must realize this country, how great it is, and what it be- didn't become the greatest country in the world by luck. It became a country, the best in the world, because they had a wonderful system with some faults, but overall had a great system. And the youth must continue to never forget this. Well, I tell you what, you have started this show off just in a fantastic manner. And, you know, one thing's for sure is that this year has brought about a lot of different things. And, you know, myself being a PGA professional and also being a radio host, I definitely appreciate all that America has to offer. I mean, I'm taking advantage of being the ambassador of a game as well as messaging it through the airwaves. And one of the really strange messages of the year was a couple weeks ago, and I know you were a major part of this, was a November Masters. Now, you played in your first Masters in 1957, and this year was unlike any other for that tradition. Does it compare to any of your other 63 Masters experiences? Well, I'd say it was the, of all the, the tournaments that I played in, it was probably uh, very different, very different. Uh, nowhere is exciting, as, you know, for me at Augusta to hear those crowds screaming and echoes through all those wonderful pine trees. You know, when I was playing against Arnold and Jack, I could tell how they were doing by the cheers. There was a special cheer for an eagle, a special cheer for a birdie and a special chair for a bogey or a ooh or a ah. So that was missing. But let's hand it to Augusta. Under the leadership of Fred Ridley and his associates, they did a wonderful job in having Augusta. And to Dustin Johnson, well done. He played magnificent golf. And it just reinforces the ideas that I've been saying for years, that you drive for show and you putt for dough. There was Bryson DeChambeau, a wonderful young gentleman, by the way, terrific guy. They were all saying, uh, teasing him, here comes the scientist, here comes the kook. Well, the shoe's on the other foot now, and I really admire his work ethic. But the way people were writing about it, you would have thought nobody else stood a chance. Hitting the ball a long way, Keith, is an asset. But what wins golf tournaments is not long hitting. And people do not realize this, even professional golfers. What wins golf tournaments is putting. A one-inch putt is the same as a 450-yard drive. And so if you look at Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, of all the top players that I... I'm talking about really top players, top, you know, top, top, top players. They were the worst drivers of a golf ball I ever saw. But they were number one and two in the world, and I admired them both so much that they could do that, driving the ball where they drove it. That's a special talent. It's a special gift that is loaned to you. So young people are starting the game. And I speak to all our pros who I admire so much. I'm so proud to be a professional golfer. And you, Keith, and the club pros have done a marvelous, marvelous job. But we've got to get it through to the young people who want to play the game. Be the best at putting and be the best at working at your mind. Now, I've been a pro for 70 years. I've traveled more miles than any human being that's ever lived. And I can tell you, there are only about 12 to 14 superstars. Everybody uses the word great superstar so loosely. In my opinion, and it's only my opinion, you've got to win six majors to be a superstar. Now, all those superstars had a completely different mind. Keith, they had what they called it. Can I describe it? No. Can an analyst? No. 
Can a psychiatrist? No. Yes, people like to think with their ego that they can tell you what it is. But I'll give you an example. Tom Weisskopf was a better golfer than Jack Nicklaus, but he couldn't live. He couldn't, he couldn't live with Jack Nicklaus. I played with many guys that when I played practice rounds, they were so much better than me, but when the bell went, I beat them. And so there's that little thing called it, and this is what we've got to get through to young people who want to be a pro. First of all, they shouldn't be a pro until they can beat the amateurs. There are so many people wanting to play this game now with first prizes of a million dollars. We didn't even play. Arnold, Jack, and I didn't even play for a million dollars in the year. But we didn't play golf for the money. We wanted to be the best. So money was just another thing. But now they have this enormous prize money. So you have people now that would normally go into the NFL and other sports and basketball, they're going to start playing golf. And by the way, they're going to hit the ball close to 500 yards because we've never had a big, strong football player play golf other than Mike Suchak, who played with inferior equipment, and George Bayer, who was six foot eight, who played with inferior equipment. So we haven't started, when it comes to long hitting, let people understand we're in our infancy. They're going to have golfers come along here and carry the ball way over where Bryson ends up. Now, folks, we have a really special treat for Thanksgiving week. We have the Black Knight, Mr. Gary Player, with us on the air. Now, Mr. Player, I want to go back to this it factor, because at the age of 29, you won the career Grand Slam, and you finished it off with the 65 U.S. Open. And you're still the only international player to be on that list. There's five men that have the career Grand Slam that have all won the Masters, U.S. Open, Open Championship, and PGA Championship. There have been so many good international players how can, how can you not be able to help them find this it factor? I mean, if Faldo, Seve, all, all of these years, and no one else could internationally win the career Grand Slam. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't profess, as I said, without, without, without being uh, repetitive. I don't, know what the, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. For me, I can tell you what it is for me. And people laugh at this because, you know, Faith is a big thing in my life, but a lot of people in America are not worrying about faith anymore, unfortunately. And yet on the coin it said, in God we trust. It is through God that this country became such a great country. But mine was a divine gift. Why me? People say, what the hell are you saying? Why you think you were given this gift? I don't know. I really don't know. But there's no question that being so small, having to travel 40 hours in a plane to come over to this great country, with six children, no, no uh, movies, no jets, stopping four times. I mean, that was tough. People have no idea how tough that was to do. And being small and coming to this great country and having to be away from home and on many occasions away from my family, living in motels, other pros here, they play and they go back home. They had no idea what it was like to play under my condition. People demonstrating against me. In 1969, I lost the PGA to Raymond Floyd. They threw ice in my eyes, telephone books in my back, charged me on the green, threw balls between my legs, screamed on my backswing, and yet I still only lost by one shot. So that is something that is in your system. You cannot explain it. Most people would have run away and gone home, but I didn't because I didn't believe in a, a segregated system. But they were getting to me because they could get to South Africa uh, through the publicity with me. So I could give you many examples having to travel around the world with all these children and a wife that has been 
so incredible being with her for 70 years, 70 years, a woman that was prepared to do that. You, you can't find women that are prepared to do that now, I'm telling you. But so why did I do it? It was I can't take the credit and say, well, I was that good. No, it's not true. It was a gift for me. Now, to answer for the other players, I can't tell you why they did it. But I can tell you, if you look at Ballesteros, who was a wonderful, he was the Arnold Palmer of Europe with charisma. You know, he, he, he had a short career. Nick Faldo had a short career. Arnold Palmer had a short career. Jack Nicholas won majors for 25 years. I won for 20. My dear friend, one of my best friends I've ever had, Arnold Palmer won majors for six years. So, you know, there's, a, a, there's something you can't define. And that's what makes golf this incredible game. I played yesterday with my grandson. I hope I'm not speaking too loud. Am I speaking too loud? No, you're fantastic. And it's amazing to me. You start to talk about the longevity. So let's forget the it factor for a minute. I want to touch upon your longevity. I mean, you have 167 professional wins on six continents over seven decades. And you just said it there, you know, the length of your um, tournament success has gone on for so long. This longevity, and it just can't all be putting, you know, what do you attribute all that to? And I get there's a little bit of divine intervention, but what else can my listeners take forward in order to try to make sure that their game can be played for a lifetime? Well, you're talking about life. I'll give you the greatest tip I think they might ever get, if I may be so bold as to say this. If you want to live long and well, you have to eat half as much as what you eat. Now, imagine telling a South African and American that. Impossible. Number two, you've got to exercise twice as much as you do. Telling a South African and American that, impossible. One percent of America and South Africa, I'm, I'm just taking a rough guess, probably exercise every day. Number three, you've got to laugh three times as much. America has never been so divided, and same with South Africa. People are not laughing as much as they did before. When you laugh, the endorphins in your system, they are helping the youthful cells to live a long time. And number four, you need unmeasured love in your heart. And this is not what's happening in America and what's happening in South Africa at the moment, both, both politically changing drastically, where if you say you believe in Trump or you say you believe in Biden, they want to fight you. I mean, I was always taught by my father, you know, when you give an opinion on who you like, you must respect the other man's point because you might learn something from him. Whether you're a liberal or a conservative, you might learn something. Now everybody wants to fight. You know, I mean, a man like Martin Luther King and Mandela and Mahatma Gandhi would turn in their graves if they saw them burning cities down and killing policemen and doing the, you know, doing the things that they're the killing that's going on and the pulling down of statues and burning the flag. I mean, you know, it's frightening. So we've got to get back to civility where we have love, which made this country great and made my country great. We've got to get back to that. It's absolutely important for the future of this phenomenal country. I couldn't agree with you more. And I love the fact that you use the words civility, right? We need to laugh. We need to love folks. And unfortunately, we have to take a little break here from the Black Knight. Folks, it's 3.17 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in just a brief moment with more from one of golf's greatest champions, Mr. Gary Player. 
The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. We are excited to announce that PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, a rehabilitative golf program for military veterans with disabilities, will take place on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. throughout the fall season at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club. To support the NJGF or learn more about the PGA Hope program for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Springdale Golf Club is proudly celebrating 125 years of rich history in the heart of Princeton, New Jersey. With our walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn designed course, Springdale beautifully makes its mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Combined with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management, Springdale is further elevating our commitment to our members. Just last year, our members seasoned their game, teeing off on Troon managed courses in Texas, Arizona, and even as far as Hawaii and the UK. The benefits of being part of the Springdale family extends far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments happening at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun and you're listening to ESPN 920. Well, all right, Wade, great choice again today with the music. A little South African serenade to start the back nine of today's show. Oh, when I step into the light, my arms are open wide. Oh, when I step into the light, my eyes searching wildly. Now, there's no doubt that this has been a Thanksgiving week to remember, and today's show is evidence of that. Let's kick off the second nine with today's Hall of Fame guest, Mr. Player. You having fun with our conversation today? You know, I was just thinking you should be a full-time broadcaster. You have a terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm, and enthusiasm is one of the essences of life. Now, listen, I want you to tell your guys here, your producer, he's got to play a song for me. It's uh, Bruce Springsteen. I think it was Bruce Springsteen. Went to South Africa and helped our black people make a lot of money and help them with their songs and brought some of them over here, I believe. And he had a song called uh, Dancing with the Diamonds on the Soles of Their Shoes. Diamonds on oh, the Soles of Your Shoes. All right, well, we got a couple more minutes. I'll, I'll tell Wade to get on that, and we'll see what we can come up with. But in the meantime, you know, one of the things that... Paul Simon. It was Paul Simon. Oh, Paul Simon. All right, Paul Simon. So, Wade, get on that, all right? All right, I, I love it. I love it. Now, you know what else I love? I love your Ten Commandments, and I think there's none that's more important than number one, which is, and this is the Gary Player Ten Commandment, folks. Write this one down. Change is the price of survival. And I just yeah. I just love that quote. Now, yeah. the game is changing, and we talked about Bryson the scientist a little bit and hitting the ball further, and there's this big distance question. And, of course, you were talking about that tsunami a decade ago, that this was coming, right? But is this really that big of a generational change, this distance? I mean, you've been playing for seven decades as a professional. Is this the biggest change in golf? No, the biggest change in golf is uh, the mode of travel. I mean, you know, you can go around the world now. Where you should take 40 hours. You can do it in, in 18 hours. The prize money, uh, the conditions of the golf courses. The equipment, I mean, can you believe the ball goes 50 yards further? Here I'm 85, 
Yesterday, I shot 71. I beat my age by 14 shots. And I've done, I've broken my age over 2,700 times in a row. You couldn't do it with the old equipment at 85. So, the, you know, change is the price of survival. People are reluctant to change. If you look at older people like myself, they've got to wake up. They've got to be changed. And, you know, they talk about people flip-flopping. Of course you must flip-flop. You want to keep the same old ideas? I hear them politically saying, oh, he's a flip-flopper. Well, I love a man who's a flip-flopper because that shows he's progressive and forward-thinking. Well, you know what else takes some forward thinking? And that's that Gary Player Foundation. And I wanted to touch on this a little bit because people know all about your playing record. But they, as a humanitarian and all that you have done for the game and been such an ambassador worldwide, I mean, you are the world's number one international athlete. You've traveled more than anyone. You've spoken more times. You're 85 years old. And I can hear your passion. I can feel I could feel your genuine emotion through my headset. Right. But tell me more about the Gary Player Foundation and all the good that you you guys have done you know some of the things uh, that we've done which i'm very proud of which i'm uh, uh you know first of all we've raised a lot of money in china africa europe america and changed millions of peoples of lives and what a joy for me to be able to do that because i suffered as a kid terribly i used to lie in bed crying at night when i was nine years of age my father was working down a gold mine, not making more than 100 pounds a month. My mother's dead. My brother's at war with the Americans and the British. And my sister's at boarding school. I went to a great school. South Africa had the greatest high schools in the world. And I came home and I made my own washing and ironing. And I used to lie in bed, lonely, crying, wishing I was dead. That was the greatest gift that I ever had. So I don't know how to explain all these things, but... Life is very, very interesting. And I always said, look, I will one day be a champion of something. Why I said that, I don't know. And when I do, I'm going to change people's lives. I want to tell you one of the greatest things that I've, that's happened to me in my life. Charlie Sifford. Now, Charlie Sifford, when I arrived in America in 1957, I was playing in Los Angeles, and I heard about this man. And then I met him, and I said, why aren't you playing? And I came from a country of segregation. And... He said, I'm not allowed to play. Well, I was so upset. I went to the PJ at that time and tried to do what I could, not very successfully. And then he asked me to come up to his club in Cleveland to help him uh, organize a few things. And I did. And, you know, I, I befriended him. And he was such a great friend of mine. And I felt so sorry how he struggled. He ended up very happy, having made a lot of money, won golf tournaments. And then when they had, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame who did he ask to induct him into the Hall of Fame? A white South African, when he could have had many brothers do it. What an honor. What an honor that Lee Elder would come down to South Africa in 1969 uh, in, the, in the midst of apartheid and come down there. And he was scared to come down there. And can you believe it? In those days, I had to get permission. Isn't that sad? And he came down and he helped change things and give a lot of young blacks a lot of encouragement to have a role model to look up to. And what makes me sad that athletes, by presidents of the United States of America, were given medals for their athletic prowess, and he never received a medal for what he did for the human being. However, he did get the Bobby Jones Award, and who did he ask to induct him into the Bobby Jones speech? Gary Player. 
These are great honors in your life that are not money, but it means so much in your life. And we all have a debt to society if we do well. And this is where America is great, how they help people. When you think not only help people, but help people around the world, to your detriment, by the way, a lot of people you give all this money to don't really appreciate what you're doing. I've always said I would love to see that money go to the inner cities to help the black people have better schools, better homes, better jobs. You know, it would have just, for me, that's my would have been my great dream if I was a president of the United States of America, which has really not been done, I'm sad to say. You know what, folks? I'm living a dream today. And that dream is we have Mr. Gary Player with us on air. He's a champion of of just being a human being, let alone a champion on the golf course. And you touched on something interesting there. I didn't know you had such a relationship with Lee Elder. How much are you looking forward to then the 85th Masters where Lee is going to join you and Mr. Nicholas on the first tee as the honorary starters? What a thrill for me. You know, Jaime Diaz is one of the leading sports writers in the country. And Jaime Diaz phoned me and said, Gary, listen, why don't you phone Augusta and make this suggestion because Lee Elder has been so kind to you in going to South Africa. And he, let me tell you, he was scared to come down there. He was very brave, and he took a lot of flack from people not to go there. But anyway, I phoned Augusta, and they were humble enough to go ahead and do this. So this is a very, very happy day for me when I see him hit off with Jack and I. And in my locker this year, he left the most wonderful note thanking me, which I appreciated very much indeed. All right. Well, we're going to do something else to inspire you. I'm, I'm told we have your song. Now you listen. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Now, you, you listen to these black sheep in South Africa. Listen. Wait in a minute, you'll hear how they play. All right. I love this. This is fabulous. Now listen to this coming up. Listen to this. All right. Turn it up, Wade. Let's do this. Come on. It's Friday afternoon. Listen to this now. Here we go. Woo-wee. <laughs> I love it. People say she's crazy. She got diamonds on the shoulders. What a wonderful way to celebrate Thanksgiving week with the Black Knight. You know, I, I, uh, I. That was just such a wonderful suggestion, and it puts me in such a great mood. And you know what else puts me in a great mood is that, you know, as, as a lifelong fan of golf and, and someone that's worked in the golf industry for basically since I was probably 13 years old, you know, chasing around being a caddy and a bag rat at a local club here in New Jersey, um, I've always looked up to people like you and certainly the big three. I mean, Mr. Palmer, Mr. Nicholas, Mr. Player are, are just idols of mine in the golfing space. So inspire me some more. 
What does Gary Player have in store for us in 2021? Well, first of all, I would like to be able to, my great message for this great country, to reciprocate. As you said, you know, it's Thanksgiving, to be grateful. And I'm so grateful for what this great country has done for me. The love that I've received has been quite remarkable. Uh, the wonderful people I've met across the board. And so my great dream is to really get a message through to the young people of America because they're the future. You know, stay fit. Stay off the drink. You know, if you go to universities today, Keith, 90% of the kids at these colleges are either drinking, smoking, or on weed of some kind. And, you know, for me, that's very sad. Now, I know they're young people, but honestly, we've got to really get the young people to realize, and I don't know, this is my dream to say, look after your body. It's a holy temple. You've got countries wanting to beat you and destroy you. You've got a battle on your hands to maintain this great freedom and this great country that you have, a much greater uh, battle than young people realize and even the people of America realize. You To get to the top, it's hard to stay at the top. And now these young people are going to be the future. Look after your body. Realize what, realize the system that made this country, in spite of some of the faults, that have made this country number one. You don't become number one by luck. Luck is the residue of design. And these young people have got to realize hard work, faith, you know, these kind of things that have made this country great. That's my dream. I talk to young people all the time on a radio show like you do now. Parents will listen. They will teach their children. Stay away from obesity. Obesity is killing more people than all the world wars put together. There must be 2 million people that die of obesity-related diseases in America every year. Cancer, heart attacks, diabetes, etc., etc., etc. We've got to look after our bodies. It's a holy temple, and it makes us productive and keeps us there as number one. And I'll give you the greatest saying I ever heard in all my sayings of my life by Sir Winston Churchill. The height that great men reached and kept and kept were not attained by sudden flight. But while his opponents were sleeping, he was toiling upward in the night. And that's what I did as a young man. I went to the gym at 12 o'clock at night if I went out to a dinner. I went to the hotel and asked the manager, please let me use the gym. No, he said. I said, I promise you I'll bring the key back. You can't put something off for tomorrow. You've got to maintain. It said, and kept. America's number one. But you've got to keep it that way. And it doesn't happen. There's no entitlement. Nobody's entitled to a damn thing. We've got to work it and keep it that way. And I hear these young children and young students, when I listen to them talk, even though they go to the greatest universities in the world, they have zero Zero idea on world affairs, unfortunately. Students in our country, Australia, Britain, have far more idea of world affairs than the young students of America, unfortunately. Mr. Player, that is just the most powerful perspective. I, I thank you so much for sharing that with us. I mean, uh, I'm extremely grateful because today I just didn't have a Hall of Fame golfer. I had a Hall of Fame person on. I can't thank you enough for your time, and I appreciate it, and I wish you just the happiest of Thanksgiving. Thank you, and same to you and all your listeners. God bless you, and God bless America. Amazing words to live by. I love it. And you know what else I love? You know, we have to live by our sponsors. 
That's TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands, F.H. Wadsworth, Wade Weezer. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Appreciate all you do on the board. Finding that song today was just truly a moment with the Black Knight. Springdale Board of Governors, Troon Golf Management, and most importantly, happy Thanksgiving to all my listeners. I'm headed to Springdale. Where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Princeton to Plymouth Rock, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Return to the tee next Friday at 3 with Keith Stewart and Springdale Golf Live.